With the implication of having an eternal perspective, here's Pastor Ed Ray. You see that it's only temporary here and that what really matters will take place time without end. 70, 80, 90, 100 years maybe here that someone would live, nothing. Eternity, infinity, time without end, no finite, no ability to measure. That's what we're heading towards. This is a catapult for eternity. This is a launching pad for eternity. And get your mind around that, and you'll be reigning with Him. Zion, now filled with hands, and in this place, gotta dwell with man. Sick, be healed, and the crippled stand singing, Hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son, selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. What a difference it makes in this present life when you are in an eternal relationship with the God of eternity, who is faithful and true. Well, hello and welcome to Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray. We began on our last broadcast considering the verses of an ancient hymn that summarized this great foundational truth of a life in relationship with God. That hymn has been recorded for us in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. We pick up on today's broadcast in verse 11 with how that life begins. When you surrender your life to God and you're baptized, then you're saying, I identify with new life. I leave the old life behind, sometimes called the old man or the old woman. When we leave the Ukaipa Lakes, they have to spend days cleaning out all the corpses there. But you get the idea here, dead to sin, and the result is we're alive to Him. So if we died with Him, we shall live with Him now and in eternity. That's where this is going, death to self. Second phrase, verse 12, if we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we endure, opomuna, the Greek word pupo means to stay under, muna is the, the weight or the, the baggage. To put your, like a weightlifter, he snatches and, and holds up, and to stay under that <laughs> is this word. So if we endure, if we stay under, if we remain under this, Yoke, it's easy, Jesus said. His yoke is easy and light. Then something will happen. We shall reign with him. Ooh, what's up with reigning? Un basilio. Basilio is where we get our word basilica. Now, we think of a, a church building, but that's not what the Romans meant. The basilica was the capital or the, the hall of justice, the courthouse. It's where the rules came from. So what this is saying, that you and I will have leadership abilities. Now, I don't want to push this too far because I don't entirely understand this because I don't think God wants us to understand. Jesus said it this way in Luke 19, 17. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Because you were faithful in a very little, I'll give you authority or reign over 10 cities, and it was this parable about talents that God gives you and, and what you do with them. And so God is going to put us in a position of helping him, under him, but helping him rule and reign. 
In Romans 5.17, it says, those who receive his abounding grace and his gift of righteousness shall reign through the one Christ Jesus. Those who receive grace, grace is a gift, remember? You don't deserve it. I don't merit it. He just gives it. If we'll receive its overflowing quality, more than you can hold, your capacity is too small. He's always trying to increase your capacity to hold more grace. If you receive his abounding grace and gift of righteousness, hello? Gift, righteousness. You don't earn it. You don't do it. You can't try hard enough and achieve it. It's something that Jesus gives to everyone who asks who does not deserve it. You can be, if you're not here already, right with God if you receive his gift of righteousness. But then the point shall reign. Not be under the circumstances, but be above the circumstances because you understand eternity. You see that it's only temporary here and that what really matters will take place Time without end. 70, 80, 90, 100 years maybe here that someone would live. Nothing. Eternity, infinity, time without end. No finite, no ability to measure. That's what we're heading towards. This is a catapult for eternity. This is a launching pad for eternity. And get your mind around that and you'll be reigning with him. Now, this section scares people. It should not. If we deny, and the NIV translation is better. If we disown him, capital H, God, he will also disown us. What's he talking about? The arrogant atheist who said to me yesterday, (laughs) I don't want to hear anything more about God. Well, to me, that just lights the fire under me because that's what I said for the first 26 years of my life, and I'm going to bug him until he can't stand it. When we declare we don't want anything to do with God and we hold to it to our dying breath, and even after maybe because the brain keeps going for four minutes or so. So you have to work hard at it. It's not easy being an atheist because God keeps working on you every day. I know, it happened to me. My recommendation is if you wanna stay an atheist, don't marry a Christian. Don't let your mother pray for you or anyone else because God is relentless and he will chase you down with the hounds of heaven. You may as well just lay down and let him have control because he's going to hunt you. He's going to get you. But to be a, a solid atheist into eternity, you have to walk over the battered and bruised body of Jesus Christ. You got to work hard at it. It's not easy getting eternal separation from God. Okay, so that's what this is talking about. But if we, verse 13, are faithless, faithless, who me? (laughs) That sometimes we blow it. Sometimes we make mistakes. Can I be real clear? Sometimes we sin. I won't ask for a show of hands. We won't embarrass anyone. We are all faithless at times. It's part of being human because the flesh wars against the spirit in your life and in mine. When we are faithless, he, capital H, God, remains faithful. He cannot deny or disown himself. What's that about? Okay, this is pretty cool. If we are unfaithful, if we fail to do what we should and do things that we shouldn't, 
he will still be faithful to keep every one of his promises. That's where this is going. Why? Why does he do that? Why doesn't he throw up his hands and quit helping us? Because he can't deny, he cannot disown himself. You see, we often deny ourselves. We disown ourselves. We, I say and do things that I, I really didn't mean. It's just the way it works. God is not like that. He's different. Reliable. God is dependable. God always acts the same. No person can say that. But the scripture tells us over and over again, that's who God is. Listen to Malachi, last book of the Old Testament, 3.6. For I am the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. I am the great I am, is what he's saying. I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. (laughs) This is actually kind of funny. Okay, Jacob was a man who later had his name changed to Israel. Jacob means liar, cheat, stealer, heel catcher, the worst of the worst. Israel means ruled by God. Now, he became the namesake of the nation of Hebrews, of the Jews. And so when God is upset with them, he calls them sons of Jacob because they're acting like the heel catcher, the liar, the cheat, the stealer. And when they're doing good, he calls them the sons of Israel, the ones who are following God, governed by God, literally. Okay, so he says, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob, heel catchers, liar sheets, etc., are not consumed. God says, don't turn you into a crispy brouquette every time you blow it. <laughs> Aren't you glad? We are mutable. This is the way A.W. Tozer said it. The law of mutation belongs to the fallen world, but God is immutable. And in him, people of faith find eternal permanence. This is very comforting. Tozer's point is that God is not affected by our mutability, by our changing, our uncertainty. Our changes do not affect God. Let me say it a little more clearly. My sin doesn't cause God's wheels to go off the track, right? He doesn't go crazy because I've blown it. In fact, he says, yeah, I thought so. (laughs) I never surprise him. It doesn't alter God when we blow it. Thanks for listening to Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray. Pastor Ed's reminding us of the faithfulness of God. Now with part two of today's lesson from 2 Timothy chapter 2 and more on God's unchanging nature and promises, here's Pastor Ed. This is a very important promise for you and I to approach his throne of grace, to feel comfortable in front of him. When we are restless, he remains tranquil, calm, serene. When we are selfish, angry, and mean, he is still giving grace to us. It's embarrassing the way God catches me in something I'm about ready to blow it, and he gives me some grace. And I just go, oh, Lord, make me the briquette, something. God is saying, I'm permanent. 
I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has no instability. He is predictable entirely. There is no unpredictability. He is settled. There's no unsettled in God. Scripture says there's not a shadow of turning. I I take that very personally. I love that because what that means is you see God walk up to you and he goes, oh my goodness, you know, that whole thing. No, he comes up and looks you in the face. He doesn't turn from you. He doesn't say, I never thought you'd do that (laughs) because he knew what we were going to do. There's no hesitation that he engages us with. Welcoming, come, he says. God himself is our hope. Okay, true story. I've used it at missionary conferences and speaking to missionaries. Gal's name is Gladys Alwart, and she was a missionary in China, American missionary in China. And this is 70 years ago. She was in uh, Yangqing. There she ran an orphanage. A single woman with a Chinese lady who helped her who was a believer, and they took care of 100 orphans full-time. When one of them graduated, there was another orphan that they would take in. They had 100 beds. They had the, the ability to feed 100 kids. Well, in the mid-40s, when the Japanese invaded China, they had to run, in fact, actually go over a mountain range to get to the free side, free China. She was very discouraged all these years of work, and she didn't think that they could make it, a hundred orphans and two adults. And so they started out over this mountain. It would take days, and she was restless the whole night. She didn't sleep all night. Next morning, she's depressed. And she knows they're going to catch them and they're going to die because they can see the villages burning behind them kind of thing. Well, she's got her head in her hands and a 13-year-old girl comes up and she says, she reminds her of the story she just told them about Moses and the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea. And Gladys thought a minute and she said, but I'm not Moses. And the little girl thought a moment. Well, of course you're not, she said, but God is still God. What are you going through? Does it seem bigger than you? Praise God that it's bigger than you. Because that's finally where you get to the point where you say, God, unless you get me out of this, I can't. When I get out of the way, then he works in my life. He'll work in your life. Two more verses. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord in God's presence not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. He's saying, these things are true. Tell them, charge them before the Lord, but don't get caught in debates about it. Body of Christ is kind of famous for that. We got, you know, 30,000 denominations in these United States. Isn't that an amazing number? All because of one or two points of doctrine in most cases. Paul tells Timothy, I want you to remind them of the important things. What things? Salvation, verse 10. Live with God, verse 11. Endure suffering, verse 12. And faithfulness. So think about these things. And when somebody wants to argue, refuse. Particularly on those subjects that have nothing to do with eternity and salvation. You know, somebody wanted to argue with me about baptism the other day, you know, that we don't wear robes when we baptize people. Well, why? Why are robes important, say I? And they say, well, because Jesus wore a robe and John the Baptist did too. I said, really? 
You got a picture of that? You got a verse for that? <laughs> and some people want to argue about sprinkling or face up or face down or sideways. You know, just things that don't matter. Eschatology. Well, are you a pre-trib or a mid-trib or a post-trib rapture? Nobody cares. I mean, when we study it, I'll give you my opinion. You can disagree with it. You'll be wrong, of course, but, you know, you can disagree with it. My point. What about music? No choir, rock and roll. God can't bless rock and roll. That's what they said about organ music when they first brought organs in. Lighten up, Paul says to Timothy, about the things that don't matter. There'll be those choirs in heaven, and there'll be some great rock groups. I just know it. I have it on good authority, my own, right? Okay. He said he's the rock. Verse 15, be diligent to present yourself approved of God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The old King James says, study to show yourself approved of God. Concentrated effort. Make every effort, another translation says, to know this book, God's word. That's why we study. That's why we take it apart verse by verse and then put it back together so you and I will understand what it is God expects of us and how we can share this great news, this good news, this amazing news to other people that have not accepted it yet. Well, it requires some time of looking at it. It requires some thought pattern. I've spent more time in the Bible now than I have in biochemistry, okay? Biochemist for years, but this book can be understood by my grandchildren very clearly, but it's got layers to it. And it's like an onion. You peel off one layer and you look, there's another whole understanding within that same verse. So you spend time. Read it every day. Oh, Pastor, you're a fanatic. No, no, read it every day. If you can, read it twice a day, morning and evening. It'll change you. It will give you understanding that others don't have. Now, this does not minimize the importance of prayer. In fact, prayer is essential when you're studying. I find myself many times saying, Lord, I do not understand this. Sometimes he gives the answer, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes you have to just be humble and say, you know, I'm probably not gonna know this this side of heaven. But you pray about it. Someone once said to Benjamin Warfield, he was a Bible scholar of the last century, 10 minutes on your knees will give you a truer, deeper, more operative knowledge of God than 10 hours over your books. Warfield was very gentle and quiet. He said, 10 hours over your books on your knees. He understood the importance of prayer. And that's what is going on here. Now, rightly dividing need not be ashamed, not be caught in a situation that you can't tell someone what the Bible says or means. Correctly dividing, that's what we're doing here. Careful, honest work, grasp what's going on here. Sometimes it takes you away from other tasks. Jim Elliott, some of you know the name, he was with Mission Aviation Fellowship, they were up at the Redlands Airport for a number of years there in Idaho now. But Elliott was one of those who was killed in Ecuador going to the Aka Indians. But he was, before that, a student at Wheaton College. And he wrote this in his diary while a student, quote, my grades came through this week and were, as expected, lower than last semester. However, I make no apologies and admit I've let them drag a bit because of studying the Bible, in which I seek another degree, AUG, 
meaning approved unto God. He understood the importance of his spiritual life because if you don't maintain that, then all the practical things you're trying to do go sideways. Rightly handling the word of God, dividing. Notice the word of truth. Now, Paul talks about the Bible a lot in this particular letter. Here he calls it the word that's real. Truth, reality, the way things really are. You see, we often see things with our five senses and miss the spiritual reality behind it. And I'm coming from a materialistic, atheistic background that says if you can't measure it, if you can't weigh it, if you can't smell it, you can't taste it, you can't hear it or see it, it doesn't exist. Duh. Love. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of subjects we could talk about there. But dividing the word of truth. This is truth. It's reliable. You can count on it. It is always correct. It is what you need and what I need to be approved by God. Don't worry about people. Just be approved of God. Okay, I'll close with this. The year is 155, second century, and an 86-year-old man is arrested by a Roman governor in Asia, not very far within a two-day travel of where Timothy has been the pastor. 86 years old, he's charged with atheism, but he wasn't an atheist in the way we use the term today, A, without deism, God. You see, he was refusing to take a pinch of incense and go up to a burning cauldron with charcoal in it and drop it and say, Caesar is Kyrios. Caesar is Lord, God, deity. He refused to do that. So they called him an atheist because they didn't believe in God, the God Caesar, and none of us do either. But he refused to do it because he's the pastor of the church at Smyrna, modern-day Izmir, Turkey. His name is Polycarp. You can read about him. Many of his messages are still available. So Polycarp is 86 years old. He's standing before this governor. The governor tells him he's going to kill him by fire. Three times says, renounce Christ. He says, no, three times. So they take him, time to estate, throw the wood at his feet, light it up, and says, renounce him, and we'll put it out. Here's what he said. 86 years I have served Christ, and he has done me no wrong. How then can I blaspheme my king who saved me? He was faithful because God was faithful to him. He will be faithful to you. Here's the way Lamentations will close with this. Chapter 3, verse 22 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. And he is to you and to me. Whatever you're facing, you can count on the Lord to see you through. Trust him. Today on Grow in Grace, we brought you a portion of Pastor Ed's study in First and Second Timothy. For a CD copy of today's message, call 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. Or listen online at thepackinghouse.org. And look for us on iTunes as well. We can hook you up with many more resources to help you grow in grace when you visit thepackinghouse.org. Like Pastor Ed's devotional. Speaking of resources, today we'd like to make special mention of Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, authored by renowned surgeon 
Dr. Paul Brand, and Philip Yancey. Together they explore the human body and uncover statements that God has made about our bodies. They point out that the human body is like a window into the very structure of God's creation and a testament to God's glory. This month, we'll send this to those of you who support Grow in Grace with a donation of any amount. You might think of it as our way of saying thanks. Please remember that your gifts help us to bring Pastor Ed's teachings to the radio every day. To make a year-end contribution, go online at thepackinghouse.org or call 844-77-GRACE. And it's a real blessing when we hear back from our listening audience. Whether it's a word of affirmation or a comment related to the study, a question or a prayer request, we want to hear from you. Drop us an email today. Our email address is packinghouseradio at aol.com. That's packinghouseradio at aol.com. And then join us next time as together we grow in grace through a study in First and Second Timothy with Pastor Ed Ray. May God richly bless you. This program is brought to you by the Packing House Christian Fellowship in Redlands. Zion, now filled with hands, and in this place gotta dwell with man. Sit be healed and the crippled stand singing hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son. Selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. I said let this world know me by your love.